Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 110 of Knowing Wheel and finally we can say it again. It is race week once more in the world of Formula 1. We're back in Azerbaijan of course today we're going to be previewing the weekend's action and having a bit of a recap over the well now three weeks since Formula 1 was out of course in Australia and as always I need my partner in crime. It's Jamie183. How, how are we doing mate? I'm good. I'm very good. I'm looking forward to F1 being back on the screens this weekend and uh yeah it feels like longer than the winter at this point really um but here we yeah. are we made it it's it's not been a fun few weeks has it i think we we've all decided a spring break is not what formula one needs and i am genuinely quite interested uh over the rest of this year to sort of see how formula one gets on now because you know with the way red bull have dominated those first three races and the way that you know it, the four week gap as well could, could there be quite a dip in interest in real-life Formula 1 this year? We'll, we'll wait and see. But we have got plenty to go through today. As always, there'll be timestamps linked down in the description below if you're watching this here on YouTube. Uh, of course, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all our other social media bits and pieces uh, will be linked down below. But let's start it then, Jamie, with some big Mercedes news. James Allison is back as technical director. Yeah, and uh, that this is a guy who obviously was technical director like that same role for all of Mercedes success really in Formula One um and suddenly left kind of it wasn't I don't think he chose to leave I think he was put on gardening leave and then not renewed or something like that but um yeah he's back so maybe they've realized the error of their ways and uh one of the key players really in their run of dominance is is back in the fold so I mean hopefully for Mercedes fans sake and Mercedes team uh the drivers certainly would be hoping this, but you you hope it's a step in the right direction because, of course, they've not had the the last eighteen months they would have wanted. Um, well, the last three years really is it, but uh, yeah, they they better hope that this could be the start of the start of something new. To quote High School Musical, <laughs> a minute into this. Well, podcast. I think that. The start are something new. I don't think you've even right. I think it's the going back to the old is what they're really after. Old, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But of course, yeah, stepped down from that role about 20 months ago now, of course, replaced by Mike Elliott, uh, who has now been shifted over as the chief technical officer. It did kind of feel, didn't it? Especially as we've kind of come into 2023 with the new porpoising regulations and things like that. Because the whole big talk last year, wasn't it? Of course, was if they try to eliminate porpoising, Mercedes have got a fast race car. Porpoising has been eliminated. Mercedes are still not back to winning. So more and more fingers have been pointed at Mike Elliott. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure he's a great guy and still very, very good at his job. But he's not quite James Allison, is he? Of course, James is, you know, he used to race for, or used to, sorry, work with Ferrari. He didn't ever race for them, at least to my knowledge. Of course, like we said, has <laughs> absolutely been there throughout most of the Mercedes dominant run as well. Um, we'll, we'll wait and see before we say that Mercedes is going to be right back at the front. But, you know, I, I feel like this is likely to try and bring them a step forward, isn't it? But will it be now, or are we going to be looking at 2024? Well... Like that kind of like head of a whole department kind of appointment generally doesn't uh like doesn't influence the actual day to day running of a team or a department straight away. So it could give them a boost, but like the actual people doing the work, doing the like the CAD drawings, the actual engineering parts of the car are gonna be the same people. And actually his leadership will galvanise them and it will make them like, you know, 
whenever a new boss comes into a workplace, everyone works a little bit harder to make a good first impression or a good second impression if they were there when he was there before. Uh, but it won't, like, this car is already formed. They're not going to be revolutionizing it massively um, over the course of the rest of the year. But for next year, certainly, or for maybe the B-Spec car that they're, they're talking about, as whispers about as well, then it could make a big difference there. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and of course, you know, people people like to give me stick on this show for being a bit of a Mercedes hype man. I tell you what, I do not hype up Mercedes in the way George Russell does. He reckons Mercedes have already made more progress in the three weeks we've been off Formula One than they did throughout the entirety of the winter. Are we going to be seeing a Mercedes 1-2 in Baku, Jamie? No, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just um, not going to happen, is it? Yeah, it's weird though, because Mercedes in the past... Like, even when they were getting, they were getting, like, one-twos every week, they would still go into race weekend saying, oh, we're not the fastest team this weekend. Even in 2020, which was, like, on paper, one of the fastest cars ever. One of but the, it was the fastest the car ever on ever. paper. Yeah. Um, and they were still going into race weekend saying, oh, we've got to look at Red Bull this week, they're going to be dangerous. And now that they're probably third fastest, maybe even fourth in race pace, then their driver, well, George Russell certainly is saying, now nah, we're gonna smash it we're so confident and it's it's weird it's like he's not read the rule book of being a mercedes driver because hamilton was such like he was a broken record for saying that oh we need to we need to watch our backs this race <laughs> we have to remember these days kind of vibes from sebastian vettel yeah exactly um yeah no it's it's a bit weird of course george russell you know it's it's a bit like lewis hamilton is you know, he's a wily old fox, of course. Quick shout-out as well, Jim. I don't know if you've seen this, but he was at the British Touring Cars this weekend at Donington. Have you said anything really? about this? No, I so haven't. he was at Donington this weekend, but he was incognito. So he stood out in the rain for nine hours, like, wearing a coat and a face... I think he was wearing, like, a face mask or something on. So no one could tell it was him. It was That's absolutely great. incredible just to watch his brother, Nick, racing. Um, but anyway, That's sorry, back to sorry, what that. we were... That was fantastic, yeah. But back to obviously what we were mentioning. Uh, yeah, George Russell, he he reckons Mercedes is going to be right back at the front. It could, and you know, I do see a scenario where we've kind of got Mercedes as the locked-in number two team. Mm. Uh, and, you know, maybe they could be, as you mentioned, obviously, like 2020 Red Bull. Maybe they could be like the 2020 Red Bull that sort of keep them on their toes, maybe can snooker away a couple of victories here or there away from them but i don't think either of i mean we, we've just kind of decided haven't we this year it, it's red bulls season again yeah 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 and i don't think they'll whitewash it i think we'll definitely see wins for certainly mercedes probably leclerc grabs a few and a few dare i dare i say he grabbed a couple well. last year <laughs> oh go on say it jamie get that for the clips alonso is going to win a race this year as well so red bull will not go unbeaten oh no they go. won't go unbeaten no Formula one team's clip. ever done that <laughs> Yeah, we're getting that. Well, that'll want to be clipped. That'll be on the TikToks and the Instagrams and all that good stuff. Uh, continuing, though, about Charles Leclerc and Mercedes, Jamie. Apparently now it's an open rumour, which for those of you that don't really know, an open rumour is just basically something that everyone knows. Inside the Formula 1 paddock, that Charles Leclerc is in big talks with Mercedes. Now, we, of course, already mentioned this. I think it was back pre-season, wasn't it? Mm. We did a podcast and um, we obviously mentioned this. Could we see Charles Leclerc go to Mercedes? If so, who would he replace? Why would it be Lewis Hamilton? And would <laughs> Hamilton retire, or would he go the other way? 
Well, it obviously would be Lewis Hamilton because Mercedes have put all of their future eggs in the basket of George Russell. So it would be incredibly dumb to replace him, I think. Uh, Send him back to Williams. Yeah, yeah, give him a development loan. Uh, No, I don't (laughs) see that happening. But I feel like the Leclerc-Ferrari relationship has kind of gone through the classic Ferrari cycle that we've spoken about many times. So it's getting it it's winding down, isn't it? Yeah, he's been there five years, so he's definitely in the deterioration, uh, deterioration stage. So it's only really a young driver coming in and beating him away from leaving. So we will we'll see. Uh, Look at Carlos Sainz got to look over his shoulder, but um, yeah, I think Leclerc is clearly not that happy at Ferrari. I don't think he has really been since probably 2019, really which is quite a long time ago Before, now. Yeah, I was going to say the first year he was there. <laughs> yeah, so he could leave and Mercedes would be a good home for him. I think he'd him and George Russell would make one of the best driver partnerships we've ever seen, really. It's right up there with like the Senna, Prost and Hamilton, Rosberg. Probably a bit below those. But I mean, you, I think putting Senna, Prost and Hamilton, Rosberg <laughs> on the same level is unfair. I'm just going to really? put that out there. Yes. How many other double world champion lineups have we seen? A fair few back in the 80s and 90s. I guess. And yeah. then 2007. 2015, 16 McLaren as well. That was pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it would be very exciting if he does. But the problem is Mercedes will not kick out Lewis Hamilton. It would have to be, I feel, Hamilton's decision to leave. Because he has literally been the face of that team for the last 10 years. So Sorry, I've just thought of a really obscure one as well. Okay, go ahead. Two. 2005 Renault for one race at the end of the year. 05 Renault? Or 06, it might have been. Jacques Villeneuve and Alonso, wasn't it? That wasn't 05 or 06, I can tell you that. That was busy. Was it? Was it earlier? Anyway, sorry, we'll we'll go back to the actual point we were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) What about 00 Williams with Villeneuve and Button? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Future champs. We'll get out. We'll get really back on gone topic down for now. There, haven't we? <laughs> yes. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, they won't kick out Hamilton. They. I mean, I think if Hamilton would like to make way for Leclerc, then he might be invited to. But I think they won't. They're not going to say you're out. We're replacing you because Hamilton has been that team for the last ten years. Plus, also. And this is going to be, you know, a bit, potentially, we might have different answers here. Do we believe Charles Leclerc is a better driver than Hamilton? Obviously, don't get me wrong, he's much more of a future-proof yeah, option. Yeah, not, not now. I think that's fairly, no. I would say that for sure, but... Richard, yeah, sorry. Richard, yeah, it's been a while since one of them. <laughs> I think, like, if you're looking at the next 10 years of your team, you'd rather have Leclerc. Yeah, yeah. So, it's one of those. Yeah, so all all of that. I mean, we've been off Formula One for three weeks. Silly season has got to kick off again, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, there's still a tiny part of me that goes, could we see Hamilton in a red suit? I d- I kind of don't want to because he just wouldn't win. Or like knowing Hamilton's luck yeah, with but... changing teams, Ferrari would just go and dominate again. But so. Jamie, this is the whole point. <laughs> like he probably no, he probably wouldn't win. You're right. But imagine if he did. If he did people would never shut up about him being the GOAT and I would hate it. I think so. if he won a world championship with Ferrari, like for anyone that still argues he isn't the GOAT, that would solidify it. 
car merchant. I mean, he'd, he'd then only be behind um, Fangio for different teams to win a world championship with. Yeah. And in the 50s, people changed team every week. So Exactly. Fangio did. That's how he won one of his titles. Yeah. Or two of them, even. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, I like. Yeah, silly, I, I silly part of me would like continues. to see Hamilton go to Ferrari out of, like, just completeness of his career almost because ev- like everyone's a Ferrari fan even if they don't say they're a Ferrari fan they're a Ferrari fan to quote Sebastian Vettel um, but I don't believe he would win a world championship no no sensibly nor do I but imagine if he did Jamie oh, imagine if he did even a not Hamilton fan I would kind of rate it but not not really because people wouldn't shut up about it <laughs> anyway uh, talking about other potential driver moves in the future one that I don't think either of us were really predicting at all, were we? Is Franz Tost and Helmut Marko both believe Yuki Tsunoda is going to be a Red Bull driver in the future? And honestly, I don't really see what they've seen in this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's gone from having a competent teammate in Pierre Gasly for his first two years. And suddenly they've got effectively a rookie, even though he's 28. Uh, and he's beating this... 28-year-old rookie to Therese. And they're like, oh, he's, he's actually good. But no, no, he's not. It's just both the drivers are now average at best. So I hate to be disrespectful, but I don't think either of them will ever drive a Red Bull in a permanent capacity. Uh, and if they do, I don't think they'll pick, pull up any trees. So, Which is good, because F1's going carbon neutral. So it better not be. No, I mean, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Because don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, 2021, we, I mean, we've discussed this before, haven't we? The journey of Yuki Tsunoda. Mm. 2021, he didn't do he didn't do badly for a rookie, but he also wasn't particularly good. No, no. However, it was, of course, widely accepted that, and in his mind as well, he was pushed up to Formula 1 a year early. Mm-hmm. And that's not only about getting experience in Formula 2, it was more the physical aspect up, of driving really, a Formula 1 car. He wasn't strong enough physically he wasn't healthy enough as well of course he always said you know his diet was awful he wasn't ready to have a formula one diet just yet 2022 came along and whether there was a combination of gasly starting to check out of alpha tari as well or whether it you know i think it was a combination of both Mm -hmm. gasly was starting to get a bit bored car wasn't as great so you're a bit less motivated but yuki definitely took a step up yeah for sure. i feel like again he's stepped forward yeah. But I don't sort of see how he stepped forward into a position, you know, because really we're, we're comparing him against two other or three other drivers here, aren't we, for a Red Bull seat? Daniel Ricciardo, Sergio Perez, Lando Norris. Is he better than any Not of Alex those three Albon? drivers? Do you think he would ever go back? No. Okay. I think Alwyn will get himself out of the Red Bull program entirely soon and just go Williams, to be honest. Yeah, it would be um, best for him. I suppose they've given him his chance already, haven't they? So. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think like, if you compare, he's not Yuki better than those, any of those three. Yeah. No, he's not. And even like, I don't think straight to Red Bull, but I'd like to see him go up against Liam Lawson in in AlphaTauri because I think mm. Lawson would give him a good run for his money. So yes, that would be the big yeah. test. When you've got the likes of like Hajar, um, I forget the rest of the Red Bull drivers in Dennis Hauger. Dennis Hauger needs to step forward this year. Our 2022 champion, desperately, according to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were but, all um, on the Hyoga hype train. How quickly that fell apart. Yeah, yeah. So it will be interesting. I do think they're kind of just trying to give him a break because I know in 21 they were extremely harsh on him. So maybe they're just trying to give him some confidence back. Um, 
and not just self-destruct his confidence like they did back in 21. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think that leads on to the other question, of course, that you just mentioned there. Could we see DeFries dropped mid-season for Liam Lawson? Because let's be fair, even if he's still winning Super Formula, Red Bull don't care about winning that title. Super Formula obviously doesn't mean anything to them. And I'm sure Lawson, no. if given the opportunity to come to Formula 1, would absolutely take it. Could DeFries get dropped mid-season? Because, I mean, really, it's felt like ever since the start, he's just a stopgap, isn't it? Until they get someone else on yeah. the ranks. Yeah, and I'm upset still a little that they didn't give Lawson a chance to finish his F2 season. Because he did finish fourth in the end. He definitely got enough super license points to be in F1, yeah. which is what they doubted mid-season. So, and had they known that, I do think they'd have put him in for this year. But um, unfortunately, they, they went a bit early. No, he finished third in F2 last year, Lawson. So he definitely yeah, got just clutched it. points. Yeah, so yeah, he obviously won that first race in Super Formula a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, Gasly did this in 2017. No, he didn't. So He didn't win his debut well, race. He, he didn't win his debut race, but I mean, he competed in Super Formula, was on for yeah. a like, championship challenge, and then was called up to Red Bull, called up to Torosso mid-season. So it's not out of the question. And I do, I do think De Vries will have to step up soon. Because so far it's just been not not that much, really. So it's not, just been pretty anomalous, sure, hasn't yeah. it? You could easily forget. Yeah. And I mean, part of that's due to AlphaTauri as well. But you could easily forget he's just not there. Yeah, like I get him and Sergeant confused last week on the pod because I was like, "You did? Who are these two? They're just they're just here." <laughs> that was quite funny as well, wasn't it? Of course, you know, <laughs> we were segueing beautifully as well today, Jamie. Of you know talking about Red Bull drivers, Daniel Ricciardo is still adamant on a Formula One return next year, except for the fact that he's not phased by how few seats there are available, and only wants to join a top team. Now, yeah. this again, I mean we're just going through F1 silly season, aren't we? Currently, really, if he wants to join a top team, he's probably looking at two seats, either replacing Sergio Perez, or if Leclerc went to Mercedes. Could he be a weird shoehorn in at Ferrari? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Ferrari are both up in the air, are they not? Because I think Sainz hasn't got I, a contract They wouldn't yet. get rid of both drivers in one go. I don't think Ferrari have ever done that. Oh, Sainz does have a contract till 24, actually. So, mm. yeah. He I, renewed I last do year think... Imola, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, potentially, if Hamilton did call it a day, Leclerc goes over to Ferrari... To Mercedes. to Mercedes, sorry. Then there is there is a possibility. There is a free seat there. I don't know what other candidates you'd put forward for that. I guess the likes of maybe Ocon would be up for that. Like, but then you're looking for a team leader, aren't you? If you've lost Leclerc, so I don't yeah, think Ferrari want to hire a Frenchman after Alain Prost. Yeah, true. But <laughs> if you're looking at candidates to lead Ferrari at this point in their career, who really do you want Ocon leading your team? Well, I don't. I'm not saying that. I'm just like, they're really... Could you persuade Norris to make the move? I don't think you could from McLaren to Ferrari. I do. Who, yeah, there's... I mean, really the, the, there's, who, there's two who drivers there. Sen that. Well, not sensibly, but I could believe doing it. Mm. Lando Norris, Lewis Hamilton. The Ferrari is pretty big. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let us know in the comments. Who do you think would... If Leclerc was to go to Mercedes and Hamilton does retire... Who would be the, the team leader at Ferrari? Because I don't think Carlos Sainz is up for it. Or up to it, sorry. No. He might probably would be no. up for it. Um, Watch Fernando Alonso go back. Yeah. 
Yeah, and other than that, they've not really got any super exciting young drivers at the minute at Ferrari, have they? No. So no. We do. It's all, it's all weird and wonderful, isn't it? Then. Yeah. Back the Iceman yeah. back again. But of course, you know, we, we've said Ferrari there, but on the alternate to that, this was kind of just me I'm thinking hypothetically. Could we see, I mean, I don't think it'll happen this year, but could we see Fernando Alonso retire, whether it be the end of next year or something like that? Sergio Perez go back to Aston Martin, now they're a real force, and then Ricardo get his Red Bull seat. Could we just basically be back to yeah, 2018? If you're talking, yeah, two years away, you've got a whole like host of other new young drivers to come into sport, like Sotero Porter. That is also very true. Um, there's going to be at least three or four, you imagine, that are currently racing F2 and F3 that would be wanting to step into those kind of seats. So the reshuffle of bringing back the likes of Ricardo and bringing Perez back to his old team, I guess it's worked for Haas in the last two years. Um, but I don't think that's a very likely scenario, really. But, no, um, it's yeah, it's all a bit know. weird and wonderful, isn't it? Speaking yeah. of weird and wonderful, Jamie, have you heard the great news today? <laughs> I, have, I don't think I have, really. I've not spent much time on Twitter, so... Nikita Mazepin is apparently looking for a way to get oh, back fantastic. into Formula 1, ladies and gentlemen. And <laughs> this one did make me chuckle. Isn't he still banned by F1, technically? Well, he, he wants to get those um, decisions revoked and overruled. Compete as an independent, he, he, maybe. Well, exactly. That's what he'd have to do, is race... Like, Robert Schwarzman yeah. obviously races under an Israeli licence, doesn't he? Mazepin would have to try and get a licence elsewhere. Uh, but I wonder how that would sit with his dad. Yeah, yeah, who's an oligarch for Putin himself. So I'm not sure that would go down very well. I also do not know anyone who would employ him. Um, Why would you? <laughs> Mick Schumacher was deemed yeah. too slow for Formula One now, and Mazepin was a like second a lap um, slower than him. I think it must have been around 2017 when the new the new regs came in for F1. Uh, Pastor Maldonado was like, I want to get back into the sport. He's like, okay, you might want to, but... Who, who's going to employ you? <laughs> yeah, who, who wants you back in the sport? Yeah. 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 Crazy, so I don't crazy think that'll, uh, that'll go very far. From Nikita Mazepin. Uh, and the last quick little mention we had as well was James Vowles believes that Williams have been unlucky to only score one point this year, uh, but also said that the Williams factory and IT systems are beyond atrocious, which is an interesting that thing, isn't it, Jamie? Me. Because it's one of those ones that you never sort of think about from the outside, but does make perfect mm. sense. Williams probably still yeah. run Windows Vista. They probably, if that, Windows 98 maybe. Like I've, <laughs> Win- MS-DOS. I've done, yeah, I've done a handful of jobs working in AHS, uh, and the NHS admin system is beyond horrendous. The amount of data they store and the amount of data entry that people like me have to do, which is fine because it's money. So... But yeah, it's the Williams F1 team probably run similar systems to what the NHS do because both of them had their heyday in the 1970s and yeah, need a, need a lot of work probably these days. So yeah, I, it doesn't surprise me at all that they're, they're horrific at uh, data management and IT systems and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, just just a quick little mention there. But I think, would we say Williams are unlucky to have only scored a single point? Uh, unlucky, like, is maybe the wrong word, but, like, Alvin was running sixth in Melbourne, so I guess... This is the thing. This is what I saw yesterday. 
literally someone said, how are Williams fans not upset that Albon potentially threw away their best results since like 2018? Yeah. But then they do, like they blame that on wind. But then Rosberg yeah. gets stick for 2015 USA for not seeing wind. So Because he was in a Mercedes, you know. not a Williams. <laughs> and you yeah, didn't see Albon throwing like... a hat around the place afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, I do think it probably goes down as a driver error for Albert, unfortunately. But they've, they've certainly got the car. They haven't got the slowest car. So it should, especially on the street, haven't they? Baku. I think the Alpha is worse than the Williams. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, Jamie, Azerbaijan, Baku Grand Prix, Sprint Weekend. What are our thoughts and feelings? We've got five races over the next six weeks. Things are about to get crazy, aren't they? I'm really looking forward to this. And I, I hear, we've done a lot of negativity about sprint races in the past. But I'm very curious to see how this new format goes. I think it will be a lot better than previous, to be honest. I know we said this when it, the changes got announced, but the new qualifying format of basically two separate qualifying sessions, one for the Grand Prix, like normal, and one for the sprint race, I just think that will make a huge difference because people will have nothing to lose in the sprint race which means i'll go crazy and there'll be tons of crashes and mentalness so we shall wait and see if that does happen but i think it'll be a big improvement i've just thought of an idea to make it better is it sprinklers no <laughs> that'll be fun do do your sprint quality as like a normal qualifying format do your sprint race and then they go out in reverse order from the sprint race for one-shot qualifying for the real race. That way the sprint still carries some weight, but not a lot of weight. Because it means if you win, you got a more rubbered-in circuit, but if it rains. Yeah, they tried this doing qualifying not at the same time back in 2003, I think. Three, yeah. Where you had basically a one lap at a time, everyone takes turns. And it... Yep. It just allowed people to get screwed over by weather, which was just not very But it fair, almost really. left us with an Arrows 1-2 in uh, Magni Core. Yeah, Magni. That's very, very French of you. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I I don't think that's a great idea. <laughs> I'm sure they probably spitballed some stuff like that when they were thinking, how can we improve sprint races? But I think almost keeping it simple. We know qualifying works. We know racing works. Let's just do it twice. Oh, the racing doesn't always work. Let's be fair. Well, We've had some proper snooze fests. Three years. Yeah, very, so. very, very <laughs> true. Uh, but of course, yeah, Baku this weekend. Then we fly out to Miami the weekend after that, don't we? And then Makes we're back in Imola, of course. Um, you know, this whole trying to cut down the carbon and all that good stuff as well. So yeah, we're going near basically three continents in three weeks. Uh, it's kind of mad, um, but. It's, it's going to get exciting, Jamie. We're going to have loads of podcasts to do, aren't we? Yeah. Um, we've also, therefore, because of the Sprint Weekend format change, got even more points available in our Prediction League because we we're going to have to do Sprint Qualifying. Did we used to do Sprint Race or did we just do Sprint Winner? We just did Sprint Winner. I, so we'll I do think that we again. just did Sprint Winner. And then we have Real Qualifying and Top 3. Wow. I think you're winning, aren't you? So there's like I, I, 12 points available? Time. Did we not? I thought you no, did. I definitely got six points and you got about two. So 
I think it was 13. No, I don't think it was that bad. Is it? Was it 13 to 6? Maybe you got four points. I think I think you got four and I got two, to be completely honest. No, I definitely got six because I got the top three right, apart from Hamilton and Swap for Russell. I definitely got six. But we will sort that out okay. in post. Let's call um, it 13 to 8. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I'll go and do a VAR check on this in a second. But um, what was the question? Oh, predictions, indeed. Predictions. This is just going to be stabs in the dark, really. Uh, but since you're losing, yes. you can go first. Oh, thank you. Uh, right, sprint qualifying then. I am saying Max Verstappen. <laughs> Exciting, wow. I know. Sprint race, <laughs> Max Verstappen. Qualifying, Sergio Perez. Top three. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Top three, Max Verstappen. Sergio Perez. Lewis Hamilton. Lots of streaks coming to an end. Yeah, it's over. After 101, that's his final podium. Um, I will go sprint qualifying. Max Verstappen. <laughs> we race. are so boring. No, no, no. Here we go. Sprint race. Uh, Esteban Ocon. George Russell. Whoa, George Russell. okay. Something's crazy is going to happen, I believe. Okay. Um, real qualifying. Verstappen. Real mm. top three. Verstappen. Verstappen. Oh, you can't finish first. Hamilton. You can't put Verstappen, Verstappen on the podium twice. <laughs> um, who do I want to say in second place? I will say Russell Hamilton. Okay. Perez is having another night now, you reckon? James Allison. He's here. James Allison has fixed Mercedes immediately. Indeed. And the final um, thing I think we need to do, which I should have shoehorned in earlier, but didn't. Um, okay. Is a little little quiz. And speaking oh, of no. the new qualifying changes, which have... Uh, oh, no. Yeah, we've we've had a few little tweaks to the Q123 format, as in the times for the sessions are changing. But Are they? It has been... Well, the, the, for the sprint, sorry, they are, aren't they? Oh, yeah. So... Okay. Uh, F1's been using this Q123 since 2006. Yes. In which time uh, a minimum of 39 Q1 eliminations gets you into the top 10 for the most Q1 eliminations. Oh, and the most anyone me. has is 71. Uh, you have to name me the top 10 most eliminated drivers in Q1s. And you have one minute starting now. Lance Stroll. Nic- uh, Nicholas Atifi. Yep. You said 39 will get you in the top 10. Yeah. Mick Schumacher. No. No, he didn't do 39 Grand Prix. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Um, Pascal Verlein. Marcus no. Ericsson. Yep, he's top. That's mad. Um, oh, this is awful. What, how evil is this for a quiz? I'm trying to think of... Uh, oh, <laughs> Kazuki Nakajima? No. No? Um... Trying to think, it was like a bad qualifier back in the day. Adrian Sutil. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> he was fourth, which is when within characters. Mad. Kevin Magnuson. Yep. Okay. The rest are all in the same realm, but you've got five seconds. Right. Okay. Can you give me the realm? Okay. 
There's your time gone. We... You had five yeah, that's left. Fine. Uh, I'll, I'll take five about, out of ten on that. Think about like between 2010 and 2014. Uh, this is the thing. I didn't think any of those drivers had done badly enough. So you've got Timo Glock, yep. Heiki Kovalainen, yep. um, Narain Kartikeyan. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think. Pedro de la Rosa, did he do enough races? Yep, he did. Uh, and then... He was eliminated Kar- every time he entered a race. Karim Chandok? No. No, 39 was... times. Do you want to know? I, I want to try and get it. But I don't think I will. He did two seasons in these bad teams, but not for the same team. Oh, I see. I can never remember who was where back then. Um, <laughs> I said Yano. I said Heiki, didn't I? It wasn't truly. Timo Glock. You, did, you said him already. Oh, was it Yano? No, it wasn't truly. Who was it? It was. Charles oh, Shaw Peak. Of course, it was. Yeah, <laughs> I did say that before you said it. To be fair, so I'm taking yeah, that. Just about. Just about evil, evil little quids that Jamie. Fair play to you. That was that was interesting. Yeah, I just could not think uh, who was going to be there. You did well. Um, Five out of ten. Are you sure Max Chilton wasn't in there? No, he wasn't. Eliminated less than thirty-nine times. Fair play to him because he was also really good at finishing races. Not in particularly good places, just really good at finishing <laughs> them. Um, but there we go then. I think that is going to wrap us up for this week's Formula One podcast. Of course, we will be back uh, next week. We're going to have a lot of double shows coming up, aren't we, Jamie? We're going to be at episode yeah. 150 <laughs> before we know it. We'll be back next week, though, of course, to review the action from the bar, uh, from the bar ring, from the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, <laughs> uh, and then previewing Miami uh, later on next week as well. So, you know, if you want to enjoy... Please do make sure you leave a like, get yourself subscribed, hit follow, all that good stuff. Like we said, socials will be linked down in the comments below. But yeah, that's going to do us for this one, and we'll be back very, very soon with more Knowing Wheel.